Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into the MD's Fantasy Football Show. It's Thursday night. It's time to put in our bets and find out about our injured players this week. Who's going to play? Who's not? Finding that edge. That's what we're all about on Thursday night. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. Thank you to all of you watching us live on our YouTube channel. If you have not done so, please subscribe or download us on your favorite podcast app and stay up to date with the show when you're on the go. I got my co-host, Daniel Dubois, in the building. Danielle, what you been up to? Oh, what haven't I been up to? I've been up to a little bit of everything, you know, busy with school and meetings and everything. So excited to be back here. Excited to have you back, too. Uh, I will say, all in all, relatively speaking, not as big of a list. You can thank the four teams on by for that. But we have to properly introduce the man of the hour, Mr. I can't say it yet. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. He's the number one medical professional in all of fantasy sports host of the Injured List Podcast, Mr. Brian Scott! I did the... I kind of leaned in that time. I like it. That was nice. The vanishing appearance. Okay. Let's uh, let's get started. What's going on, Brian? Oh, 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 yeah. Hey, things are going well. Uh, did a lot of trick-or-treating uh, the other day, yesterday. You did, so you had the pillowcase out. You did all the trick or treating yourself. I did. I did in my Bobby Boucher jersey, as I told you guys off camera. But so I was representing, representing. But yeah, uh, things are well. Um, we got a lot to talk about. We do have a lot to talk about. Um, uh, unfortunately, I mean, I always I hate saying unfortunate because I love having you on the show, Brian. I mean, you're an absolute asset to having you on the show on Thursdays. It's just always under unfortunate circumstances when we're talking about these guys. It's um, not always all bad news, though. No, it's not always all yeah. bad news. I don't think everything today is going to be bad news no. either. So hopefully we'll be able to get into some of that. But let's go ahead and hit it. Oh, 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 oh. Down for the count. Danielle, who is our first player? Kurt Cousins and his Achilles. Uh, by the way, it happened on grass, so let's not pull out the turf card. <laughs> it happened on grass. 
We're gonna. No, um, I think it's the artificial grass. Yeah, no, yeah, we're just yeah the artificial grass. Maybe that was it. <laughs> so you know, it was a very classic kind of mechanism as opposed to some of the other guys we've seen this year. Um, you know, drop back to pass, planted that right foot, went to take off, explode off that Achilles, and it just failed him, unfortunately. And uh, I think he pretty pretty much knew it right away. Um, sounds like he's already had surgery. There were some pictures floating around social media with him and his, with his leg in a cast, which uh, is a little bit old school, but some guys will still do that for the first couple of weeks post-operatively, so not unusual to see. Um, but yeah, that's the end of his season, and um, he's not um, going to be like Aaron Rodgers and standing on the field in a few weeks tossing a ball around. I can almost guarantee you that. So um, unfortunate for him. I think, is it a contract year for him too? So, you know, this... Could play into what happens for him going into next season, but he should be, by all accounts, um, ready come camp. And um, we should see him ready for the start of the football season. He might get a little bit of a slow start in camp, depending on where he ends up in his contract situation, but he should be um, ready to play next year uh, once this is all uh, healed up and good as new. Um, I mean, that's good news because we are catching this injury halfway through the season here. So that next right. year would come into a question. Um, obviously, the Kirk Cousins issue fantasy wise comes more from a dynasty perspective, because like you said, he's he's definitely done this year. Uh, I would hold on to Kirk Cousins. I didn't see any signs of him slowing down before this Achilles injury. He's a pocket passing quarterback. You're not worried about him losing anything on the ground either. I think the question is going to become more from an NFL standpoint, which is what do the Vikings do. Do they re-sign him, let him rehab with the team? Because I don't know how many better options they're going to have. Remember, they trade for Josh Dobbs. That signals to me that this team is going to try to do everything it can to get to the playoffs. It has to know that they don't compete with the top end of the NFC. Everybody knows that. But they're not trying to pack it in. That's what that move told me. So if they're not going to try to pack it in, they're not going to have a top draft pick. If they're not going to have a drop draft pick, there aren't too many good quarterbacks going to be out there available in the offseason. So, Danielle, I'm looking at this. I think Kirk Cousins might be back in a Minnesota uniform next year. What do you think? I don't know. I, I think he easily could be. I think them getting up, getting Dobbs right now, though, is a very interesting move because I think if Dobbs does come in here and for some reason really excel and really succeed, I think they could just say, you know what, maybe we'll just go with him and let Kirk go because I think they, they know the ceiling that Kirk Cousin has. So I think it should be really interesting. And I'm not necessarily expecting Dobbs to necessarily exceed and excel, but I would not be surprised if that's kind of the route that they're taking. Well, everybody knows what Dobbs' ceiling is. He's he's been pounding around for a, a very long time. So I don't think that's going to be the deciding factor for Dobbs. By the way, this could be the opportunity he needs to turn into maybe a multi-year backup quarterback contract if he continues to play well, like he did for the Arizona Cardinals, and which his story is an incredible one for the NFL. Anyway, even if he just makes it to that level, so hats off to him for that. Uh, the good news is is that. I talked about this on Wednesday. Make sure you go back on our YouTube channel or your podcast and listen to Operation Domination. But I point out the fact that Josh Dobbs targeted tight ends 31% of the time in Arizona and hit his number one receiver, in that case, Marquise Brown, 27% of the time. So you still should feel okay once Dobbs takes over. It won't be this week. It'll be Jaron Hall. But once he takes over next week with Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson. When Justin Jefferson gets back in the mix, Brian will be the first one talking about that. We're still a few weeks away from that as well. So for now, hold on to your hats with Hawkinson and with Jordan Addison. Who's our next guy? 
We had Deshaun Watson and his shoulder injury once again. <laughs> weekly quarter. Yeah. Um, so he returned to practice yesterday, which is the first time in over a week that he's uh, been back at practice with this bruised rotator cuff, which really, I think, just signifies a partial tearing of that rotator cuff. Um, I mean, the original injury was on September 24th and then came back and, and kind of re-aggravated it along with uh, getting a concussion, if I wasn't mistaken. So, you know, uh, it sounds like this thing is going to be with them the rest of the way. This could be a nagging injury for him. He's going to either play through it or we're going to see him do a bunch of limited practices and week by week be game time decisions. Uh, we'll have to see how it plays out, but I guarantee you this will nag him for the rest of the way. You know what Deshaun Watson does in the morning when he wakes up? Gives his yep. little special machine, kicks back and says, oh, the check came in again today and I did nothing for it. You know, I'm still a little sore. You know, just you guys keep doing your thing out there. Maybe we make the playoffs. I'll, I'll come back out and see if I can be a hero. Get my masseuse on the line. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm no. This, this is a great joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> from a fantasy perspective, I see a lot of teams still have him rostered. I don't know why. Look, I, he might be really hurt because the last time I saw him throw a football a couple weeks ago. It was bad. There was, it was like me throwing the ball out. There was no velocity on it whatsoever. So I, I'm not trying to detract from the idea that the guy might be injured. It's hard to feel bad for Deshaun Watson for, you know, the joke Brian just made. But, and also the guaranteed money on top of all of it. It's just really annoying when you got Amari Cooper and you got, you had hopes, you had hopes for Elijah Moore. No, no longer. It's, it's just, it's a terrifying situation. This is Danielle, you had Elijah Moore? Uh, yeah, I actually have him and Amari Cooper, so just, you know, doing really, really good. Cooper really at least gets the target share with P.J. Walker. It's you very still, true, yes. You and he has more in your roster, do you? Huh? Do you still have more in your roster? No. Oh, okay. No. Okay. I was about to say, I was like, Danielle, where, where have you been for the last few weeks? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I couldn't. That was a long time ago. All right. that's that. That makes me feel better. All right. Who's our next guy? Matthew Stafford and UCL sprain. Now, I forget. Maybe you guys can clear my mind here. Did he have this injury a few years ago and have surgery? He, no. Well, he had it in the offseason. So when he was in Detroit, his last year in Detroit, okay. he played through this injury That's right, yeah. the entire time. Gets the surgery in the offseason once he was traded to the Rams. That's right. Yeah, was fine after that. But he played through this before. Yeah, and thanks for reminding me. I just thought of it actually now, not when I was like doing my research, which is kind of ironic. But um, yeah, so Sean McVay said he's going to avoid going on IR. So it sounds like it's not too serious. Um, originally, he had a lot of swelling, which was their big concern that he did a lot of damage to that ligament again. But it sounds like um, they got some scans and things showed like it wasn't a severe injury. So it sounds like as soon as he can get that swelling down, which could take at least a couple weeks, um, then we should see him out there throwing the ball again and uh, getting his grip strength back. But, you know, this could take at least two weeks, in my opinion, especially if the swelling was that significant that they were noticing it and concerned about it. Two weeks or two days, Brian? Because I, I need to be two days. <laughs> <All right>. Well, <laughs> that, that's a tall ask, but uh, you never know. Listen, he played through his injury before. I need you to play through it again. I don't want to see Brett Rippon, man. We already got to watch Jaron Hall. We got to watch PJ Walker again. We're going to have to watch, you know, I don't necessarily throw Taylor Heineke in that barn burner because he's better than Desmond Ritter, but, you know, whatever the Atlanta Falcons decide to throw out there at the quarterback position, it's all, <laughs> it's all bad. I, I like yeah. the third of the league is backup quarterbacks. No, I don't want it. Give well, me they that. Said, they back. said day to day. They did say day to day. So. 
it truly could be. We'll see. You're gonna. I'm not, I'm not convinced. <laughs> yeah, I'm not either. Um, we're gonna so we steam out there throwing. I'm not. I'm not convinced. It's just. Yeah, we're gonna play Cooper Cup because of the volume, right? But Puka Nakua, who we are gonna talk about actually in this show in a little bit later, it's assuming he's good to go. Are you gonna start Puka Nakua, Danielle? Oh, I would 100%. I love him. He is a young star, and honestly compared to some of the other wide receivers that you most likely have on your team. I mean, he's definitely going to outshine them. So, I mean, I am a big, big fan of him. At first, I mean, I entered in the season. I was like, who is he? Like, I had no idea. And then he immediately went off. I was like, oh, okay. I'm a huge fan of him. So I am on the train for him. The good news is the target volume is solidified or consolidated, I guess I should say, with, with Cooper Cup. And with Puka Nakua, that's the good news. The other good news, they can't run the ball. That's the, you know, so I just, Brett Rippon, I, this, Brett, in case you guys don't know, if you don't know anything about Brett Rippon is like a third string quarterback most of his career. The only reason he's actually the second string right now is because of whatever's going on with Stetson Bennett off the field, because he was supposed to be the second string. So just so you guys know, this is not just a backup quarterback. This is the backup to the backup. And we saw what happened with the Giants when he had the backup to the backup can play. I'm just, it's, it's, <laughs> it's bad. Oh, anyway, speaking of, well, well, actually, we're not there yet, but who's our next quarterback? Uh, Justin Fields and his thumb. Yeah, so now, uh, contrary to Matthew Stafford, um, Justin Fields actually dislocated the joint in his thumb um, and still hasn't practiced since the injury. So Tyson Badgen's going to get another start probably this week because uh, Justin Fields isn't back on the field yet. But for some reason, they kept him off IR, uh, even though I thought he was probably going to miss at least four weeks, maybe even closer to six. I'm not sure really what they're waiting for. They said they're waiting for him to regain his grip strength and he's working with physical therapy and they're giving him time to heal. They're but, praying, uh, Brian. That's I, what I think they're praying. <laughs> I'm sure that is a big, big <laughs> factor, uh, uh, part of the treatment, but uh, not going to do much for his injury, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, like, listen, if there's any chance you could be back, because <laughs> like, we don't have to play Tyson Badgett and be stuck with him for a month, that that's what's going on there. Uh, yeah. So, again, quarterback situation just being absolutely terrible. You're playing DJ Moore. Is there another Chicago Bear you're playing, Danielle? Oh, Matt, no. Running back? no. Yeah, no. Kind yeah. of agree. I'm trying to stray away from them as much as I can. You see, yeah. That's just, I just really don't want to get involved with any of them. It's a smart uh, move. It's a smart move. No. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a safer bet. Like at least DJ Moore is going to get targeted. He's going to get the volume, so you're okay with him. But you know. And I know the running backs coach got fired for whatever he was doing. I don't know what's going on with the Chicago <laughs> coaching staff, by the way. Like everybody's getting fired for HR reasons. We'll, we'll find out in a second. But um, at least he's gone because the rotation, his on the field usage of the running backs was, was mind blowing to me. I know Roshan was out two weeks. Maybe they want to give him a full workload. I don't know. But why is Darrington Evans involved for 18 snaps? Are you kidding me right now? Like, you are a bad team. You need to get your playmakers involved. But we need Darrington Evans to have a significant role. And this is what drives me crazy as a fantasy football person. Because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Who's our next guy? Daniel Jones and his neck. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
my my beloved Giants. Uh, what to say? <laughs> my beloved Giants. Well, I honestly, <laughs> so I honestly don't think they wanted him back anytime soon with this neck issue because he missed six games a few years ago with this. It's probably some chronic issues there that they're you know knew about and don't want to you know risk any further damage. But you know when you're down to Tommy DeVito uh, potentially being the guy to take the helm. Uh, you've got to get him back in there. And he's been doing pretty much most of the stuff at practice aside from the uh, contact stuff. And it sounds like he's going to be uh, thrusted back into the starting lineup. I do think this is going to affect his play. However, he will most likely not risk getting tackled. And so we'll probably see him slide a lot earlier than he normally would have or get out of bounds a lot quicker, um, especially when he enter- gets out of the pocket there. So I, I don't think that he's 100% but obviously he's good enough that they need him to play, and he will. Well, it's okay, because he's got plenty of people to throw the ball to. He doesn't, oh, wait a minute, that's right. No, he uh, And he's got a great offense. Uh, no, yeah, he doesn't have no, a no. Saquon for 50 touches again this week? That's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, and the I defense will key in on that. Touches. So 40 <laughs> opportunities. He touched the ball every play in the second half. Well, when and your third-string quarterback throws the ball for minus seven yards... That, that should tell you all you need to know right there. It was classic. And despite all of that, it still took them shooting themselves in the foot and overtime to lose the game to the Jets. Yeah. That's where we're at in 2023. And with two missed field goals. Don't forget the two missed field yeah, goals, which you never would have sent it to overtime. Yeah. Graham Cano decided he was hurt too, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Here's the bad <laughs> part. Danielle, this is the bad part. I have to admit to you. I still have him ranked as QB 17 because that's how bad quarterback is this week in week nine because he's playing the Raiders and he's not a backup to the backup. He's technically speaking in the streaming category. If you have a two quarterback league, you're probably starting him in super flex. That's where we're at right now. Yeah, that's about right. It's a really rough, it's a rough situation we're in this week with bye weeks and just every single quarterback deciding just to, peace out for now you know it's really fun for fantasy really and nice. and you know they didn't want to play him brian i know they didn't want to play him because he wasn't clear for contact until the second tyrod taylor heard of his ribs correct <laughs> correct just oh i gotta move on the right back it's bad it's so bad there's blood everywhere there's blood everywhere uh who's our running backs danielle we have jerome ford and his ankle and do you want me to just throw on the other one too? Sure. Damian Pierce also ankle. Yeah. So uh, Jerome Ford is dealing with a high ankle sprain that he injured in week seven. So he was actually limited in practice today, which is a good sign. He's making some steps in the right direction. But I think it's probably going to be at least another week or two before he's actually game time ready. Um, that's something that you're going to need to test out pretty pretty good before you get back on the field. And you know, one or two limited practices here and there is not going to be enough. I would expect I him to play. I'm sorry. I couldn't believe he played last week. Drone Ford. Did he? Yeah. Drone Ford played. He was, I guess you missed that, but yeah, no, he, he played. Now he plays the third running back to Pierre strong and cream hunt, but he still got eight carries in that oh. game. He still came back and played. They were, yeah, they were reporting as a one to two week injury. He rebound enough that he was activated sooner than they expected. Uh, like you said, he has been limited practice so far this oh, week. Well, this could well okay. Um, thanks for the filling me in there. I totally missed that. Um, well, let me let me hit the reset story. button. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start over. Um, yeah, so he's going to be limited. They're just going to rest it. He probably got some swelling, and uh, 
he bounced back from a high ankle sprain very quickly, which is um, what is a low grade high ankle sprain? Oh, so yeah, I do remember that diagnosis actually. I did talk yeah. about that a few weeks ago. Yeah, so uh, all it means is that it's a mild sprain, but it's a high ankle sprain nonetheless. And even a mild high ankle sprain is definitely worse than a more significant low ankle sprain. So, you know, um, can you bounce back in a week or two from a mild high ankle sprain? Sure. Um, but those things uh, are certainly not as easy to get over as quickly as a regular ankle sprain. So I'm surprised he was able to get back out there so quickly. Now, the limited practice thing probably tells me that he's still got some swelling. He's still probably pretty sore and was probably heavily taped and braced up on that ankle and probably will be going forward until he has adequate time to really rest it. So, you know, he can, can you play through it? Absolutely. I mean, you can, but um, certainly a lot more difficult to do. Danielle, if you have the choice, because Pierre Strong played a little bit more than him last week, but I mean, it stands a reason. There was no reported setback. Maybe he's getting a little bit closer to health this week. Would you play Jerome Ford or would you play Pierre Strong? I personally would choose Jerome Ford. I just personally have a little bit more trust in him. Even though he is coming off of an injury, I just have a lot more confidence in him. I also just know what he can do when he seems to get the yards when he is fully um, healthy and everything. So I personally just have a little bit more hope in him. I also just like him a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have him ranked only two spots behind Kareem Hunt. Because here's the thing about Kareem Hunt, and I do have him leading the way in the, in the Cleveland backfield. But even with the injury... His share, his snap share, didn't change at all with a healthy Jerome Ford or an injured Jerome Ford. It was miraculous to me. I don't even know how that works. 37% of the snaps with him, 37% of the snaps without him because they just split up the Jerome Ford work between Ford and Pierre Strong. So apparently Kareem Hunt's not allowed to play more than 37% of the snaps. The good news is if you have Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford isn't feeling 100%, he's getting all the goal line work. Kareem Hunt's fallen in the end zone three times in a row. I... I have no explanation for it. He looks terrible when he runs, but he's falling in the end zone three times in a row right now. So you can still fire him up as an RB2. And Ford, frankly, has to be a flex play in a heavy bye week like this. Ugh. What's going on with DM Pierce? Because this one, I got Devin Singletary, so I'm kind of chopping. Well, so uh, reports that I saw said that he basically got injured toward the end of that game against the Panthers this past weekend. And now he's missed two straight days of practice. So not looking good that he'll be available this weekend. Yeah, good. Fire up Devin Singletary. Now, of course, <laughs> my rankings will uh, adjust because right now I still have Singletary at 34. I got Damian Pierce at 30. Wasn't too excited about either one of these guys. But thankfully, if it's just going to be one guy, then we can play one of them as low in RB2, especially when it's Singletary. Because Pierce actually being the guy early in the season didn't really amount to much. But Singletary, who the coaching staff themselves have admitted might be a better fit for the system has actually been a better running back. So if he's going to get the work, we know what Singletary can do when he gets to work. I'm not getting overly excited because it's a matchup against Tampa Bay, but Devin Singletary, if he's getting all the work, fair amount of snarpy too. Uh, we got Dylan in here. Hey guys, answering fantasy questions. All good. If not yet, yeah, Dylan, you fire away, put in a fantasy question. We'll get it. Uh, I guess we lost Danielle. So we're yeah, just going to do uh, Gone, but not forgotten. Well, she'll probably pop, pop <laughs> back. Probably back <laughs> well, let's, let's go ahead and go to the next segment anyway. So, Wide receivers. That's where we're at right now. We got wide and, um, receivers. I got Drake London with a yep. groin issue. The wrong week from the groin issue because they finally benched Desmond Ritter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I heard. So, um, missed practice today. Uh, got injured in the game. Couldn't return. So, uh, with the skill position player, soft tissue injury like this, I don't think he's going to be 
available this weekend. We'll have to see if he gets back out in the field at all for any type of practice, but uh, with a, with a mispractice on Thursday, um, not looking good. I have moved Kyle Pitts up in my rankings as a direct reflection to this. He went from tight end nine to tight end six for me this week. Tyler Heineke, he's got a little Ryan Fitzpatrick in him. He'll let it fly. He'll YOLO it. And the only guy right now who can get down the field, the only guy is going to be Kyle Pitts. So go ahead and take your shots there. It's not going to be Van Jefferson. Like maybe Van Jefferson catches one bomb, but he's just, he's been running the treadmill uh, the entire time. Hey, Danielle, welcome back. And also, can we answer Dylan's question here? Who would you rather have rest of season? Hertz and Olave or Burrow and Puka? And is it fairly even or close? Oh, I really like this question because I feel like I like Hertz a little bit better than Burrow. But I like Puka better than Olave. But I think I'm going to take Burrow and Puka because Burrow has been heating up. And as he gets healthier throughout the season, I think that's just a better long-term option. So I got to go there. I am contractually obligated to go Hertz and Olave because I have been telling everybody and their mother to buy low and Olave while you still can because everything's there for him. The usage is there for him. The air yards are there for him. The volume is there for him. And it's just a matter of time before that thing starts hitting. Now, Puka is the more established guy. Stafford not out for the rest of the season. So long-term wise, I'm not worried about Puka Nakua in any kind of shape, way, or form. Burrow is heating up, by the way. And I do think Burrow's going to get back to being the quarterback you draft in the B, which was the fourth quarterback off your board, likely in the fourth, fifth round of your drafts. But Jalen Hurts has been unstoppable. He's He's been a QB2 or QB1 every single week. It is very close, Dylan, to answer your question. Eileen Little towards Hurts and Olave. Danielle likes Burrow and Puka. That should tell you all you need to know about it being fairly even and close. I think it comes down to, do you think Olave breaks out or don't you? Because Burrow, we know he's he's coming already. So do you and think what other And what other wide receivers you already have on the team? I think that would definitely make an uh, impact. Yeah, is Puka already your third or, or flex option? If he is, I might actually lean a little bit towards Olave because I think he's got more of a ceiling rest of season. He is the number one on his offense. Uh, still, maybe move for myself. Traded. So Dylan also traded Jerome Ford, Goddard, and Diggs. He got Etienne, Hawkinson, and Devonta Smith. Thoughts? What's your thoughts on this? Oh. I I like it. I, I do. I really do. Yeah, I like it too. You they have the Etienne-CMC combo right now. You're killing everybody at running back. We can't find running backs. And you got two in the top three. So, yeah, I'm going to give him the edge on this one. And the fact that you got Hawkinson, who I would take over Goddard, even with Cousins out. Again, I already explained Josh Dobbs loving his tight ends. The target share is not going anywhere. Speaking of Puka, what you got? Yeah, so um, apparently had some knee swelling. Uh, didn't really describe much about what the injury was or if there even was an injury. But, you know, whenever I hear that, I want to know, well, where is this swelling coming from and why is it occurring? Because that's always an ominous sign of potential more serious injury. But um, missed some practice earlier this week and sounds like he might have been back limited today. I'm not really sure. I couldn't find the update. But, um, you know, it's really going to be what he's going to do on Friday. And then I don't think we see this guy miss much action. And I said this earlier in the season. When you're a guy like Nakua, a young player, looking to establish yourself in this league, okay, unless you've got a major injury, you are not going to be see, sitting out with some knee swelling. So I expect him to be a full go. I don't think this will affect his um, ability or performance too much. 
but uh, certainly something to keep an eye on just to make sure. Yeah, we've talked about him enough. So who's our next receiver there, Danielle? Curtis Samuel and his toe. Yeah, so he had to leave the game last weekend with what they said was some type of toe injury, and this is coming off uh, him dealing with some type of knee issue that he was dealing with before that. Um, they're saying it doesn't look good. Uh, he didn't practice yesterday. Not sure if he practiced today, but the team didn't sound too optimistic about it and said it sounds like a pretty significant injury. So this could stretch out beyond this weekend. So pay close, close, close attention. This is big because John Dawson, who's been nobody until last week with the Eagles. Now, Danielle, here, here's my thing to you. So Curtis Sam, let's say he's out of the way. There's more of a target share automatically for a Jahan Dotson. But it took Sam Howell to throw for almost 400 yards and four touchdowns for him to finally be relevant. However, if Curtis Sam was out of the way, would you start Jahan Dotson as a wide receiver three flex play this week? Easily. As a wide receiver three, I think I would feel pretty confident in that spot for him. Also, just when you look at the rosters with all the bye weeks and all the injuries, I think it is one of the better options currently in the league. I agree with that. He's going to move up into my top 36 if Curtis Samuel is, in fact, out. Uh, let's go to our next two Patriot receivers. I'm just got to pain you, Danielle. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Kendrick Bourne and his ACL, and then Devontae Parker and his concussion. Yeah, the ACL injury at this time of the year really sucks. I mean, because it basically puts your entire 2024 season in jeopardy. Um, this is not the time of year when you want to have an injury like that. Um, you know, let's assume it's going to be a 9 to 12 month recovery. Now you're already into November of 2024, potentially even longer if he has any setbacks and if there's any other structural injuries that he has to deal with. So not not a good injury to have at this time of the season. And this will stretch into 2024. The question is, is it going to erase his 2024 or will he be able to get back in some fashion at some capacity? We'll have to see. Um, Devontae Parker, on the other hand, is uh, dealing with a concussion and sounds like he's still in protocol. He didn't practice yesterday. I'm not sure if he got in the field today. But as with all concussions, there's a lot a lot of uh, subjectivity to it. So we'll have to see how he feels. But with any concussion protocol, until you can get out there and do some physical exertion and practice, you're not going to get cleared. So as we head into Friday, uh, time of us is of the essence here. Um, we'll have to see. So no Kendrick Bourne. Probably no Devontae Parker because he didn't practice today. You got Pop Douglas. Or, or yeah, Pop Douglas. And uh, Tyquan Thornton is activated. He was a healthy scratch last week. Juju Smith-Schuster came back from the dead for a touchdown last week. <laughs> Are you starting any of these receivers? Taking a shot on any of them, Danielle? Absolutely not. I wouldn't take a shot on them the before though. this all. I would, no. The answer is no. I would look at the wide, the wide receivers and the commanders first if you're going to choose from that matchup, which says something of how much I just don't have any hope anymore. <laughs> it's a painful time right now, Dan. <laughs> yeah. No, as a Pages fan, I could understand why you would – just be down on everybody. I will say this. I am 10 spots higher on the ECR when it comes to DeMario Douglas than I am. Well, simple reasoning. First of all, I want to put this out there. He's not replacing Kendrick Bourne. They play two different positions. Douglas is strictly a slot receiver. Kendrick Bourne was getting it done on the outside. But we saw him go for seven targets and five catches. This is for full PPR only. The commanders, 31st against wide receivers right now. The targets have to go somewhere. Why they don't go to the tight ends, I couldn't tell you. 
I I can't work out a rhyme or reason for anything the Patriots do offensively, but they will throw it to the slot receiver. So if you're a full point PPR and you're desperate, I think you could take a dart throw at Douglas this week because it's commanders. I don't feel great about it. I'm not putting my stamp of approval on it. I'm just letting you know (laughs) options out there. All right. Who's our next uh, two receivers here? Got Josh Palmer in his knee and Robert Woods in his foot. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened to Josh Palmer. I I see. I feel like I should know this because I think I was watching that game because he's like dealing with a knee issue, but no one knows exactly <laughs> yeah. what the issue with the knee is. That's right. the problem. And and he's missed practice so far this week. Uh, and um, all I can say is I don't know what it is, but it's not a good sign. But they do play on Monday Night Football, so he's got an extra day to recover. But again, you're going to have to see what he does Friday, Saturday now, and um, could be a true game time decision. We'll have to see, but. Good news for Quentin Johnson fans, and I have him on my roster in a couple different leagues, so I'm happy about that. Good news for him for the usage-wise, and also good news they actually started throwing him some screens and stopped treating him like Mike Williams because Mike Williams is not what he is, so that was also the good thing, too. Look, with Josh Palmer, I would just plan on having a different option because, it's yes, it's Monday Night Football. Maybe we get some good progress throughout the week, but it's the Jets. The one thing the Jets do have is really good as a defense. So you might just want to look for a better option there. Uh, Danielle, let's help Andrew out here. Should I trade Chris Godwin and Trey McBride for Dalton Kincaid and Aaron Jones? Uh, as I have three receivers better than Godwin, so I guess he's not starting Godwin. All three of his running backs are on by. So would you do it for basically to get the better deal of this week or rest of season? Ooh, that's a good question. I think I would probably take the Godwin McBride route, but really, I'm kind of up in the air. I, yeah, I'm kind of up in the air in this one. I'm not not too confident in necessarily either choice, but I do. I like Jones. I, love, I don't know. Yeah, here, here's what I would say. I like Trey McBride more than Dalton Kincaid rest of season because when Dawson Knox comes back, we don't know what the usage for Dalton Kincaid is necessarily going to be, and Knox is going to come back. Having said that, running back is a desolate, desolate land this year. If you can have four solid ones, you have a leg up over everybody else in your competition. So I am making this deal just so I can have Aaron Jones rest of season along with your other three good running backs there andrew all right uh we got another receiver to talk about right robert woods foot yep robert woods foot so he hasn't practiced apparently since their week seven bye with some type of foot injury i'm not exactly sure what it is now when you hear foot injury everybody thinks immediately liz frank but we don't know for sure if that's what's going on either way if it is a sprain in the foot which There are not many good sprains to have in the foot, so maybe it's just a soft tissue thing. I don't know. Um, We'll have to kind of keep an eye and see. Now, usually if it's something more serious uh, with these foot injuries, they would go on IR right away. No sense in dragging these things out. A lot of these midfoot sprains especially can take several weeks to heal, sometimes even as many as six, depending on which ligaments are injured and which part of the foot's involved. So it sounds like it's probably nothing serious, but yet he hasn't practiced, so it's hard to predict what's happening here. Yeah, I just all I have to say is uh, go away so I can fire up Tank Dell and Nico Collins with confidence. That's <laughs> it's pretty much what it boils down to there. Who's our two tight ends, Danielle? Darren Waller and his hamstring, and then Gerald Everett and his hip. Yeah, I mean Darren Waller, he's already listed as out. 
And I suspect this will go on for several weeks. And I think a lot of what's going to happen with him is going to hinge on what happens with the results of these games the next few weeks. If it looks like the Giants continue to just plunge into the center of the earth um, like a drowning <laughs> airplane that got shot down over the ocean, then um, I don't think we see him back and he possibly could go on IR. Uh, if they actually start to turn it around and do anything positive, we could see him back in a few weeks, but it's probably going to be at least a few weeks. And then uh, Everett actually, uh, even though he missed his past weekend's game with some type of hip injury, he was present today for a full practice. And it looks like he's going to work his way back for this Monday Night Football game. So that's good news there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So good news for Gerald Everett. Jets, good matchup for tight end. Gerald Everett still just a streaming option. By the way, not the lone tight end anymore. Because even when he is healthy, Donald Parham has been working into his usage as well. Danielle, are we ever going to draft air waller again I, like this is the year this is it like i don't i don't know i've i've lost my confidence in him completely not gonna lie i mean yeah i think i don't know if he's gonna rebound from this one he's been doing this hamstring for a year like it hasn't gone anywhere it's the same one uh, i had such high hopes from this year it's, it's gross <laughs> let's, let's uh help out uh Zinchik? I don't know. We're, we'll we'll call you Zinchik. How about that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> they got a team here. They got Dak. They got Kyler. They got Kyron Williams, Brees Hall, Jonathan Taylor, Javante Stevenson. This is somebody who's just bragging. CD William, uh, CD Lamb, Cooper Cobb, Marquise Brown. I traded Kyron, Kyler, Marquise for Amon Ra. How they do, Danielle? I mean, I love Amon Ra. I am the biggest Amon Ra supporter, so anything you can do to get him, perfect for me. So great job in my books. Here's what I'm gonna here's what I'm gonna say to this. So Amon Ra's on his bye week right now, right? If you are all are five and three, six and two, seven and one, whatever the case may be, you can afford a loss. Or maybe you still have a close matchup either way, whatever the case may be. If you can pick up players right now from teams who are three and five, four and four, two and six at the moment, dying for wins to try to make the playoffs, this is how you take advantage of those moves. Deals like this. This is how you get those players and stock up for a championship run. It works, by the way. So go after that. This is a great example of that right there. Andrew, appreciate you for asking the question. The guys, that's going to do it for this segment. Make sure you stay tuned to the second half of the show. We'll have Chaz Flaherty and Chris Dahauer on to talk about our best bets. But before we get to that, Brian, what do you got coming up? Where can we follow you at? Yeah, so uh, as you see here on Twitter at InjuredListPod, um, the website, InjuredListPod, TheInjuredList.com. Um, every week, Andrew LaDuke and I from Fantasy Sports Corps do our Inside the Medical Tent blog for a small fee. You can get some additional injury news and updates as well as some fantasy strategies. And this week, because we're doing a lot of repetitive injury stuff, I actually did a really special blog where I kind of give you some secrets to how to kind of navigate the injury scene and decipher what might be going on behind the scenes get a little bit of a head start on everybody else rather than waiting till those Friday or Sunday morning updates. So highly worth the uh, small financial investment and you can cancel anytime. So I encourage you guys to check it out. And then with my podcast, the injury list podcast, I've got a new episode coming out next week where I have another great guest on the show. So please tune in and you can tune into all the other episodes I've done so far this year, which have been pretty awesome. So more guests to come in the, in the winds here as well. So that's where you'll find me. Yeah, make sure you check him out. Danielle, we got coming up. We want people to follow you. 
You can follow me on Twitter at Danielle Dubois, like you see on the screen, or on Instagram at Danielle underscore dub. Um, we just had a new episode of the sports debate show that I'm on. It was live on Monday. So if you missed it, you can go to my Twitter and check it out because we talked about a lot of really fun things, talked a little bit of NBA, which is really exciting and not necessarily my wheelhouse. So check that out. See how I did. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you didn't get James Harden, you'll, you'll be okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Guys, we'll we'll see you next week. Make sure you tune in for the injury report. Stay tuned here now. We'll get Chaz Florida and talk about our best bets of the weekend. Spring has sprung, and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They've already helped you tidy up all the nooks and crannies of your body's basement. But this year, Manscaped can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Make sure you look your best this spring by using code BELLY20 to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. So tame your mane with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The sun is peeking back out, which means you'll have to show your face in the daylight again. So use the kit to make sure your scruff looks award-winning, whether you have glorious beard flow or some smooth, sleek cheeks. Save 20% off and free shipping with the code BELLY20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BELLY20 at manscaped.com. Focus on the face and use the Beard Hedger Pro Kit for the cleanest look in the game. Welcome back into the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Hope you all enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the bell notification so we go. you know when we go live and have new content available to you wherever you are. You can also download us on your favorite podcast app and stay up to date with the show on the go. I do want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor of the week, Wolf Spreads app. Make sure you check us out at Show on X, MDFF Show everywhere else. Go click the link. We have a contest going on. Every single week, you get $2,000 of fake money. If you can maximize your profits, you will win a $25 Amazon gift card. And signing up for the app is 100% completely free. And it's fun. It's easy to use. So make sure you guys go ahead and join up. Now our man of the next half hour, the second half, Mr. Chaz Flaherty. Chaz, how are we doing today, buddy? Well, last week I was 3-1 and one in my plays. And guess, one, guess which one I gave out? however i did i hit i swept the board on the on the uh first halves uh so it was a very good weekend for me and of course his breeders cup tomorrow so i'm already the problem with with reading the racing form is the racing form is better than the printout version the, the the paper book but it's like neanderthal ink and it comes off on your fingers and you gotta constantly be washing your hands or your fingers get all dirty you can't you can't eat anything. You you know you go to grab your glass and it's got fingerprints all over. If I get busted for anything Breeders' Cup week, they're gonna have my prints easy. They'll be able to find you no They'll problem. They'll find me easy. We'll see on the news. Breeders, I mean Breeders' Cup is big for you. That's usually make a lot of your money. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, thank you, thank you, Jesus. It's been very good for me. Um, but I wanted, I did something this week. You know, we talk about all the times about these parlays where it's this team and under this. Well, I, I wrote them down this week, so we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one parlays that um, have won at least three times or more in a row. So we're going to cover those, too, because the bottom line is you do 50% on a straight bet, you get your money back, you move on, right? You do 50% on your parlays, you're winning money. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Parlay bets. Is, that's my favorite thing to do, quite yeah. frankly. All right, let's get into some of these games here. We got a Germany game this week. I don't know why. It's fine to, I find Germany more exciting than London. No rhyme or reason to that. Nothing to change. I just, I don't know. I find them going to Germany more exciting than when they go to London. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, I guess before we move on, let's get Chris in here. Chris is on the show. Hey, there he is, buddy. All right, Chris. I was just saying, I, I don't know if you find this to be true for you or not, but I feel like when there's a game in Germany, I don't know, I get a little more excited for it. It doesn't change the time. doesn't matter. still not in the U.S. still have to get up early. But I don't know. I find it more exciting when it's in Germany. Than in England or America? Than in London. I, I don't probably find a whole much difference in that. I mean, I think probably Chaz is the one who doesn't care about it. He's like, I had to get up early regardless of how you're in the West Coast. <laughs> no, I, I, I knew I knew it was in Germany this week. and But for me, Dan, it's just about the time. I, I yeah, don't know what country it's in is irrelevant. But it's just a matter of time where there's, there's going to be a team in South America. There's going to be teams in Europe. I mean, that's where the NFL is going. You know? I, I guess I guess what it is for me, and not that the London guys aren't big fans in the UK. There's definitely a lot of them become football fans. I feel like it's more genuine, or at least started earlier in Germany because they had the NFL Europe right. centered in Germany. I don't know. I think that's what I kind of related to. But anyway, the Miami Dolphins are taking on the Kansas City Chiefs, and right off the bat. I have my underdog pick of the week. Kansas City favored this one minus two with a 51 over under. By the way, not to burst everybody's bubble, but I do have the under in this game. Uh, but I'm taking the Dolphins to win outright. And it's simply this, Chaz. You ready for it? This is my big handicap analysis. Dolphins got to Germany first. That's why I'm picking them to win. <laughs> Well, look what Jacksonville did, right? When That's they got to example. when they when they got the long term Airbnb, <laughs> they did pretty good for a while. Actually, they've been cashing for me every week. They must have a buy this week because I don't have them on my. They, thing they do have a buy this week. Yeah. Yeah. That game, that game has one of these plays. Chris, you joined the slate. I've always been talking to you guys about these the trends in the parlays involved because if a team's under for four straight and. Uh, they lost five in a row. Well, then the under and loss was four weeks in a row. And you could go 50-50 on picks and you, you know, get your money back. You do 50-50 on parlays. We talked about you're, you're a winner. And this one in Germany, Miami loses and it goes under in the second half on the road, three straight games. Very Remember how many bets I win where – the, who wins the game? And Vicky still to this day, you would think after 30 something years of marriage, she would figure out, don't ask me who I got. Just watch what I'm rooting for and kind of figure it out. Because if you ask me who you got, it's going to change. That's why I watch football in a different room than my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, what do you got in this game, man? I like to call the end. I think the Dolphins could pull it out in this game. I think that, you know, a lot of people are going for the Chiefs have been, not haven't been overly impressed with the Chiefs. Um, I think that Denver defense isn't very good, and the Chiefs scored nine points last week. I know Patrick Mahomes is supposedly sick. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to see Taylor Swift here in, in Germany or not. She will so not be in Germany. Confirmation. But no, overall, yeah, I, I take the Dolphins in this game. I think the Dolphins have the more you know, higher power offense. It's a good competition, good matchup for the um, them overall. So I like the Dolphins. There is there was one play that I've got uh, in the first half. I'm on the over. 
I won't watch any of it, but I'll wake up and check the balance of my account. <laughs> I will be up. I'll be in I'll be in Montreal this weekend, but I will be up for that game. Uh we got the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Baltimore Ravens, and we have my first uh we we're kicking them off earlier. Lock them in. It's a lock. My first lock. So we have my first underdog pick right off the bat. My first lock them in pick right off the bat. Baltimore favored minus six in this game with a 43 over under. Both teams do have winning records against the spread, but Baltimore is a beast in Baltimore, especially Seattle. Not as good when they have to travel from west to east. I am taking Baltimore to cover this one. Chaz, what do you got in this game? This one has has a trend as well. Seattle, Baltimore. Seattle wins and it goes over in the first quarter, three straight games. Okay, I like that. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to take a Chaz approach in this game. I'm not going to pick a winner. I like kind of looking at the numbers and breaking it down, um, betting on the halves because I think we talked about this off the air, Dan. To me, the Ravens could actually you know easily cover, or it's going to be a really close game because you know Seattle is a pretty good team. I can easily see it going under the six, so I don't want to touch this game unless I'm kind of betting like Chaz does. I don't know. It was supposed to be a close game against Detroit, and we saw what Baltimore did to them in mm-hmm. Baltimore, uh, and that's kind of what I'm looking at. I, and I view Seattle as a either equivalent or lesser than team. Uh, than Detroit and built kind of similarly as far as the way they're going to attack that thing. Uh, but next up, we got Chicago and we got the Saints. The Saints are favored at minus eight and a half. The over under is 41. There's no reason to think the Saints shouldn't cover other than they're the Saints and they're annoying. So I'm actually not touching this game. Chaz, what do you got? Chicago, New Orleans. New Orleans loses and it goes over in the first quarter in three straight. That's that's three straight games. That's not home or away. That's all games. Yeah, that's that, that's what I would be attacking there. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I'm looking the under as part of the trend in this game. Yeah, I'm not. So I'm with you. I'm not. Oh, so yeah. loving I, I, agree. I am on the under. Sorry. Thank you. But yeah, that's that. Good. That's beauty of it. I mean, you know, you you look at Thursday night football, right? They scored a few points, and they may not score again. And the the, the <laughs> bottom line is, there's nothing wrong with. Switching your allegiance to the defense after that first 15 minutes. Just <laughs> be betting a fantasy. Absolutely, Chaz. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we got the Cleveland Browns and the Arizona Cardinals in the one o'clock hour. The Browns are favored at minus eight here. The over under at 37 and a half. Uh, I, again, this is another game where the trend tells me to take the under. I want to take the Browns, but I need confirmation on who the quarterback is going to be. We got two different reports going on right now. We got Kyler Murray saying he's chomping at the bit at the chance to play this week, not next week, but this week. Meanwhile, we got the coaching staff saying like, eh, it still might be Clayton tune or plans to bring Kyler Murray along next week. Uh, I got to know who the quarterback is. I don't think Kyler Murray is going to look particularly sharp in his first game back. That's not what I'm saying, but a backdoor cover is more likely with Kyler Murray than it is with Clayton Toon. So that's what keeps me from betting this game as of now. Chaz, what do you got in this one? There's no trends for the parley in this game, but Cleveland at home in the first half have had eight of the last nine go under. So that's going into last year, and they are 7-1 and one on a 7-1 and one roll against the spread. However, listen to this for Arizona on the road first quarter they haven't scored a touchdown in 14 straight first quarters on the road 14 straight that's kind of New York giant territory right there man yeah yeah it is Chris what do you think of this matchup yeah I'm gonna go with Cleveland at home covering this game I think that you know look at different matchups I you know, probably could be Kyler Murray super rusty he's been you know just returning back from injury if he doesn't play Clayton between a rookie 
versus the top-notch defenses in the league at home. I'm going to go with Cleveland to cover in this game. Yeah, the way it doesn't really look all that pretty. I will give you that one. But I do still like the under in that one, even at 37 and a half. Here's another game I like the under in. We got the Minnesota Vikings and the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons at home, uh, favored here, minus four, an over-under of 37. No more Kirk Cousins. We got Jaron Hall probably starting this game. We're not going to see Josh Dobbs till next week. Taylor Heineke's out there, but probably no Drake London. And we know Atlanta likes to muck it up anyway. Give me the under every stinking time here, guys. Whenever Atlanta plays, I'm just taking the under. That's the automatic for me. Chaz, what do you got in this game? Yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with that. Actually, I think that's probably the reason. Uh, You remember I hit that big dog parlay, right? Last week I had it again, but I had USC. I bet against USC I had Cal. On the money line, and they ended up going for two, and they didn't get it. But uh, this week, the, the the Vikings are on my dog money line parlay because they're playing Atlanta, right? Yep. Well, who the hell is Atlanta? So listen to this. Minnesota at Atlanta. Minnesota's won, and it's gone under for the game in the four of their last five overall. And Minnesota, Atlanta, Minnesota's won, and it's going under for the game on the road in three straight. Now, I realize you're dealing with, with quarterbacks, but uh, I'd rather have under than over if my quarterback well, got hurt. I was going to say, they're going under even with Kirk Cousins. So imagine yeah, right. without him. So, yeah, exactly. we're definitely hitting the under here. Chris, are you in the same boat here? Yeah, definitely going to pound on the under. Um, my only curiosity, I like Atlanta in this game, Dan. But we watched Will Levis come out and throw four touchdown passes versus Atlanta defense last week. So it is kind of concerning that they, they should have. Will, Will Levis time? Well, I mean, they kind of mucked it up with Tennessee. You should have been a muck up game in that game, and they didn't necessarily yeah. muck it up. So, and I'm kind of curious, you know, how it kind of unfolds. But I do like the under a lot. And no more Grady Jarrett, too. By the way, they had to make a move just to try to bulk up that defensive line. Keep that in mind. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading into Houston. Houston is favored here at minus two and a half. The over under at forty. The trend tells you to take the under in this game as well. I am not touching Houston at minus two and a half because they burned me against Carolina last week. So they're in my doghouse for at least a week for as far as that goes. But I'll take the under in this one. Chaz, what do you got? Only game with three of these parlay trends. Tampa Bay, Houston. Tampa Bay has won and it's gone under in the second half on the road in three straight. Tampa Bay has won and it's gone over on the game on the road for three straight. Houston has won and it's gone under in the second half on the home for three straight. Yeah, that this this game epitomizes the board for me this week in the NFL. It was hard for me to come up with four teams. Four oh, plays. yeah. You're preaching to the choir, Chess. It was hard for us to come up with players to fit fantasy lineups. Believe me, I can. Think about that. That's yeah. how bad it is. Yeah. Chris, what do you got in this one? Yeah, I like the Buccaneers in this game for just from simple thing of desperation. Um, I think, you know, Chess talked about the unders, and I agree with a lot of that. There's no excitement factor to it. But I think the Bay has to win this game to kind of can keep up with the Joneses in their division in the sense I think Houston still have a feel-good story right now. So I like Tampa Bay to cover and win this game. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't hate that. Uh, we got the Washington Commanders taking on the New England Patriots. Patriots are favored at home minus three. The over under is at forty one. This is a game I'm not betting in either direction. We've seen Washington's offense be able to put up points, and we know that their defense gives up a lot of points. On the flip side, we've seen the Patriots defense play well and their offense not put up any points. We get two teams heading in two opposite directions right now. So unless Chaz has something, I'm staying away from the lines. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Chris, how about you? 
Yeah. Hold your nose. Hold your nose. This is not a game we want to touch with a 10-foot pole. All right, we got the Rams taking on the Green Bay Packers. Packers are favored at minus three here with an over-under of 38-and-a-half. This line tells you that right now we are expecting Matthew Stafford to not play this week because the Packers have been atrocious. Now, here's what we do. We cash the under on the 38 and a half because not Green Bay Packers. They just like they invent ways not to score first and foremost. And if Brett Rippon going to be the quarterback, I don't know if the Rams can score all that many points. So we'll put that out there. Um, I would stay away from the, the line, not not the over under line, but the, the, the Packers covering by three until I know for sure whether or not Stafford is in fact going to miss. Remember, he played. We just talked about with Brian. He played with this injury with the Detroit Lions. Now, if he has too much swelling, can't grip the ball this week, that's why he won't play this week. But this is an injury he's played through before. So if that swing goes down at all, including Sunday morning, we could still see Matthew Stafford out there. Just put that out there. Chaz, what do you got in this game? In this game, there are two trends. Green Bay is lost, and it's gone under in the second half in four of five. And Green Bay is lost, and it's gone under in the game overall four of five. Okay. Chris, what do you think? I definitely want to talk about Chaz's point. You know, Green Bay starts off horrendous in the first half. They never score any points, so they're going to bet on them, bet on Green Bay in the second half. I actually like Green Bay to win this game if Matthew Severs out. Um, I mean, I think it's a, it's most of a given. I know Green Bay's been horrendous, and they lost to some teams they shouldn't have lost to. But overall, they're still more talented with Matthew Stafford out than the Rams are, so I pick Green Bay to win. They are more talented. They've been more, more talented than a lot of other teams. And they still find ways. But yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. They should win the game if there's no Matthew Stafford. All right. We finally get to the four o'clock hour. It's not a very exciting hour outside of one game. But we got the Colts and the Panthers. The Colts are on the road, but they are favored at minus two and a half with an over under of 44. I got nothing on this game. Not a damn thing. Chaz, what do you got here? Indy at Carolina. Indy has lost, and it's gone over the first half in three straight. And Carolina has won, and it's gone under in the first quarter at home for three straight. That'll make that'll make for a fun little hour and a half to start your afternoon. <laughs> and call it quick too. Yeah, so yeah, I like, yeah, I like that. Make it make it painless yeah. <laughs> and quick. Well, you know, you know, I kept that for years. I've been saying I got no problem winning the first half and turning on a movie. Yeah, <laughs> when it comes to that game, you might want to. Yeah, uh, Chris, what exactly. do you got? This one? I'm going to go with the better quarterback in this game, Dan. I'm going to pick Carolina to cover. And win. No, I'm sorry, Carolina. I'm going to pick. Um, oh, hey, whoa, what happened? <laughs> I'm going to pick the Colts to go ahead and cover and win this game. I think, you know, the, playing outside the Colts, Indianapolis, I'm a little bit worried about them. I think Carolina has the firepower. I think, you know, the Colts will figure out how to kind of manage this score and move the ball enough to get this game and cover. They should. They should be able to control the game with their run game. They should be able to do that. I know we didn't see the Texans do it, but the Texans have no offensive linemen. The Colts have been able to run the ball all year long. So they should, on the back of that, be able to take care of business. Here's the game we want to watch in the four in the uh, four o'clock hour. It's the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are favored at minus three with an over-under of 47. Finally, a game I want to take the over on. You can throw in the Philadelphia Eagles deep. You can throw in Dallas right now if you go deep because their cornerbacks are injured and banged up in their own right. I actually think we're going to see some points in this game. Chaz, what do you think? In the first half, Dallas has scored 10 plus in six of seven. It's going over in six of seven. Philly's going over in five straight. They've scored 10 plus. This is the first half. They've scored 10 plus in nine straight. Uh, 
uh, at home in the first half, Philly scored 10 plus in four of four. In the second half, 14 plus in three of three. And for the game, 31 plus in three of three. Yeah, I like the Philly in the over. Okay. Chris, what do you think? I'm not sure about the over and under, but I'm definitely going with Philly in this game. I think the Cowboys are pretenders. I think they're playing an actually good team. I don't take anything away from what I saw the Cowboys do last week offensively. And the Eagles are going to be able to pummel in this game. Yeah, they, that, I talked about it last week. Dallas has really fallen into that trap of, of being a team that, that can only win at home and not really win on the road. And that's not a Super Bowl team. That Super Bowl yeah. team's got to win on the road. No, their Super Bowl chances went out the window as soon as Trayvon Diggs got hurt, in my opinion. And the fact that they didn't make a move at the deadline to try to remedy that in any kind of capacity. Uh, we got the Giants taking on the Raiders this game. Oh, man. So this game right now, the Raiders are at home. They're favored at minus one and a half. We got an over-under of 37. Oh, that's right. I'm definitely cashing the under in this game. But I'm going to take the Raiders to win. I'm going to take them to cover at minus one and a half. No more Josh McDaniels. No more Mick Lombardi. Get everybody out the building. Antonio Pierce is going to be the head coach taking on his old team. And there's something about when these changes happen, you get the toxicity out of there. Everyone's a little more chipper that week. It just seems to go well. And the fact that they're home on top of it, I'm taking the Raiders to cover at minus one and a half. That's where I'm at. Where you got, Chaz? Yeah, uh, the under is is one of my plays of the week. And um, I've got two trends. Giants win and under for the game in the last three. And the Giants... Lose and under in the second half on the road, the last three. So that, that kind of sums up the Giants in a heartbeat, right? Yeah, well, that sounds about some, right. Some of it, when you isolate it like I do, guys, and you see the second half of these teams and their inability to stop people or their inability to score, that screams coaching. Oh, yeah. Well, 100%. 100%. Chris, what do you think about this game? Yeah, this is good. I'm not thinking a whole lot about this game, man. Hopefully, this game's super ugly and not excited to watch it at all. We we might see whoever scores a touchdown might be the winner for sure in this game. So I definitely like the under. Uh, I'm really really scared to see that it's going to be like very similar to the Jets Giants game, even possibly worse. Let me let me throw one. I got a date. I don't normally have dates. The last time the New York Giants scored a touchdown in the first quarter of any game. Was November November twentieth, two thousand and twenty-two. Almost an anniversary. What do you get? What do you get a team for their first anniversary of not scoring a touchdown in the first quarter? Is that silver gold? I forget what that was. (laughs) Yeah, strap. All right, we do have a great Sunday night game to look forward to. We got the Cincinnati Bengals against the Buffalo Bills. The Bengals at home here, minus two with a 49-and-a-half over-under. We have two offenses trending in the right direction. The Buffalo Bills opened up their offense after they lost Austin Knox, became more 11 personnel, unleashed Josh Allen. We saw more up-tempo in the Thursday night game. I like that. Joe Burrow looks like he's healthy and looks like he's ready to rock and roll. I am taking the over in this game. The Bengals do not have the same secondary they've had in years past, and Buffalo, with all the injuries they've had, they don't have the same defense that you've come to expect out of Buffalo. I expect points to be scored in this matchup. Chaz, what do you think? Cincinnati is one of my best plays of the week, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to write it down now. That's going to be my parlay pick. But the trend is Buffalo-Cincinnati game. Cincinnati wins, and it goes over in the first half three straight games. 
Okay. Chris, what do you think about this one? I like the gumption of Chaz on this game, but I don't have the same kind of gumption. Um, for myself, I, the one thing I'm excited about, Dan, this is probably the only game that I'm pretty confident that there should be an over, like the over for sure in this game. To all your points, neither team's defense was overly impressive. Both teams love to throw the ball over, and their team was to run the ball. So lots of passing yards, lots of points possibly. The eye, the eye test the last month or so, Buffalo ain't passing it. You said they're not passing it. Well, my eye test, the eye test, they're not passing it. Oh, as a team, as a team, yes, as a team. Yes, no, yes. I, I don't disagree with that. They're, this is this team is not, at least to this point, as good as I think they were last year. Until and, and Josh Allen once again a little bit banged up, not maybe not a hundred percent, but there are changing some things as far as the way they're doing the offense. So that's why I would get excited about the over as far as that goes. Uh, don't disagree with this big game being in Cincinnati. Maybe Cincinnati is a better team right now with Joe Burrow, who's Healthy. Remember, uh, this is the rematch. I remember that game because I had like 20 parlays. Rematch I had 20 parlays on Cincinnati. Yeah. They score right away. They're up 7 nothing. I got Cincinnati in the over. I got some. Life is good. And then the kid got hurt, and reality just hit us right in the face. It, it really did in a big way. Uh, we got the Monday night matchup. The Chargers taking on the Jets. I, I've complained about this all week long. I'm tired of New York teams getting primetime spots all over the place. I think week 10 is when they finally are allowed to start flexing games. They need to make sure they start flexing that out of the schedule. Well, we got the Chargers taking on the Jets on the road. The Chargers favored at minus three and a half with the over under at 40. It's yet another game in which I am taking the under on the trends. I want to take the Chargers at three and a half. They suck going from west to east coast. As bad as the Jets are, again, I will lay it out for you again. The Giants threw negative eight yards as a team last week, and it still took overtime, two missed field goals, and the Giants shooting themselves in the foot for the Jets to win that game. This should be Chargers all the way, but Chargers are going to charge. I will take the under, though. Chaz, what do you got in this one? Three trends. I apologize. There was another game with three trends. It was on a second page. I didn't see it. It's the Chargers-Jets game, right? The Chargers win, and it goes under in the first quarter on the road three straight. The Jets lose, and it goes under in the first quarter at home at five of six. So right there, there's a first quarter play I just jumped on. And the last one is the Giants. I mean, the Jets win, and it goes under in the second half at home, three for three. So I got three plays there, right, that have nothing to do with the game. But my logic, because I do have the Chargers as my fourth play, and you know for me to bet the Chargers, it really is me just betting against the Jets. (laughs) All right, Chris, what are you going to do here? I'm actually going to go with the Jets. I'm with you. I think the Chargers are going to charge, Dan. Um, (laughs) I think that we talked about the things the Giants did to shoot themselves (laughs) in the foot to lose that game. One other team that can compete with figuring out how to lose games incredibly. The Chargers are the best at that. The defense, I think, is too much for the Jets. They've embarrassed, according to Robert Saylor, other quarterbacks through this entire season. So they're going to embarrass Justin Herbert this week. Mm. I think Zach Wilson is going to get embarrassed with a backup, backup offensive line. (laughs) I'm just, I mean, I... (laughs) You, you, you described the Jets-Giants game beautifully, and I'm thinking if the Chargers can't score four more points than the Jets, <laughs> why don't you just, you know. Fire you're, Stanley. Well, you you're, you're, you're renting. You're renting. You're not, you don't own the stadium. You're renting the stadium. Just give your notice. Give 30 days and move, live in your car for a while at the beach. <laughs> I wanted to have it. We got one AFC West firing. If Staley were the next one to go, that would make me happy. So you know what? I'm actually going to root for the Jets now. 
just 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 for that outcome. Yeah. All right. So while you guys get your player props together, this is my or I'm sorry, while you get your parlay props together, I have my player props to give to you. We have Dak Prescott, 247 and a half passing yards. He's been over that mark in all but two games this season, and the Eagles give up the fifth most passing yards this year. So take Dak on the over as far as his passing prop goes. A.J. Brown sticking with that game, 80 and a half receiving yards. I think we all know at that point he's been well over that the last six games in a row. I am taking A.J. Brown over 80 and a half receiving yards. We got Tyreek Hill at 90 and a half receiving yards. He's been over that five of the last eight. And believe me, he wants to ball out against the Kansas City Chiefs. I am taking Tyreek Hill on the over at 90 and a half. Chris, what do you think of those parlays? Or those I like I like all of those. I you know, especially the AJ Brown one. The AJ Brown one's been like a lock. He's getting like 125 yards per game as it is. So I think that's one of the better. You know, he's one of Hill's the only guy probably maybe there's two or three guys in the league that could get that on one play. Yeah. <laughs> you know? If well, they if he if it runs a, he runs a, a little uh, route comes out of the backfield they lose him and he gets on the sideline on a uh, on a wheel route he could go 91. Absolutely, absolutely he could. So those are my prop bets. Of the week. Okay, so Chaz, you already said Cincinnati minus two. That was going to be your lot. Yeah, I, I really think Cincinnati. Um, he 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 was a lot hurter. Hurter. He was a, he was a lot more hurted than we thought <laughs> because uh, he's playing much better. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, Chris, what would your bet be for the parlay? I'm going to go with the Colts to beat. I'm not the Colts. I'm sorry. The, yeah, sorry. The Colts to beat the Panthers minus two and a half. Minus two and a half. Okay. I am going to take the under Raiders and Giants. That's going to be my lock for the bet of the week. Yeah, that's one of my best bets. I like that. So that's our parlay. We got the under on the Giants Raiders game. We got the Colts covering minus two and a half. And we got the Bengals on Sunday night covering minus two for your three legged parlay for the show. That's going to do it for us today night, guys. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back on Sunday night. You won't see me. You're going to see Adam and Chase Thornton, as we see every single week. But Adam's going to actually fill in for me while I am away this weekend. So make sure you guys tune in. Still at the same time, 1030, right here on the MD's Fantasy Football Show YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe. Download us on your favorite podcast app so you stay up to date with the show when you're on the go. They will talk about your heroes and zeros in that episode. Chaz, what you got coming up? Raiders Cup! That's my 100% focus. I got the racing for me. And, and I remember, I'm going to Brazil. And so I'm going to, I don't know what their money is. It's AI or something. I don't forget what it's called, but I'm going to try to win some of that this weekend. That sounds good. But I will, I will be putting my horses out. So the way I bet is different than most people. It always has been. But with horses, it's no different. I don't care who wins the race. I don't care who has the, the trophy. I don't care what the time is. All I care about is who comes in second, third, and fourth. I'm a super effective fan. All right. I like that. Chris, we're going to see you next Wednesday here on this show. So everybody tune in. Make sure you follow us on social media at BillyUpMDFF Show on X, MDFF Show everywhere else. You will get the link to the Wolf Spreads app. Get into our weekly contest. 
It's for free, completely free to download the app. You'll get $2,000 of fake money, place your bets, maximize your profit. The person who wins wins a $25 Amazon gift card. We've had actually the same winner the last two weeks, so he's up to 50 bucks. So this can accrue. So make sure you guys go ahead and hit that link for that. Everybody have a good luck this weekend. We'll see you real soon. 